the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Welcome to another Five Stripe Weekly episode. And before we get started, just a reminder that we have our Patreon. It's that new season, and it's a new season for our Patreon as well. Join us at patreon.com slash ATLUTDFANTV. We have some fun things planned for the 2022 season, so we will see you there. But uh, moving on into the news, and yeah, the uh, friendlies have started preseason matches, and uh, LA United played the Georgia Storm uh, at the training grounds, and uh, Tyler Wolf and... Jackson Conway scored in that match. It was a 2-0 win. And, uh, yeah, you know, you saw a little bit of the uh, the new gray training kits as well. What did you think of those training kits, Mark? Eh. <laughs> didn't, really, <laughs> didn't really excite me. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of – it harkens back to maybe, like, yesteryear a little bit. Uh, maybe, like, the 2018 version that's uh, – Maybe uh, has a little bit more interesting kind of like trim, but uh, just a little bit darker uh, that one was to this one, I think, or the other way around, either way. But uh, yeah, that uh, starting 11 for that match was Guzan, McFadden, Campbell, Franco, uh, Gutman, Alonzo, Hosetu, Araruju, Wolf, Centeno, which was our uh, new super draft pick, and Conway, and uh, of course, uh, yeah, they kind of siphoned in and out, uh, you know, kind of during the match, uh, you know, to give some minutes to some of the uh, kind of more fringe players in the squad, uh, building up that match fitness. It was uh, two 30-minute halves. But, uh, yeah, you also saw, uh, yeah, because Andrew Carlton does also play for the Georgia Storm, so there was a little bit of that, um, you know, Always, uh, always interesting when uh, he returns. Uh, but uh, moving on to our other friendly, which uh, just happened today. Uh, we're filming this on a Sunday after that uh, friendly as well in Athens at Turner. Uh, it was a 4-0 win over the Georgia Revolution. Uh, and that starting 11 was Guzan, McFadden, Campbell, Franco, Gutman, Alonzo, Osetu, Ibarra, Araruju, Wolf, and Conway. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, to see uh, Alonzo in uh, his first start there and Ibarra, uh, you know, and also, uh, I mean, basically, Araruju was, uh, you know, showing what, uh, what he's made of and, you know, just that tremendous uh, skill and ability and that work rate. He had a goal and an assist. Uh, Wolf also got on the score sheet. Campbell as well. And super draft picks in uh, Centennial and Bloyu uh, got, uh, you know, kind of linked up. And Bloyu got on the score sheet with a header from across from Centennial. But, uh, yeah, you also saw a little bit of the uh, the mint uh, the mint away kit that uh, was mm-hmm. on some uh, you know hoodies on the bench on some players. So uh, definitely 
uh, eventful indeed this match. But uh, what, what are some takeaways uh, from you from uh, you know this one that we actually get to see uh, for this one? Yeah, um, I think uh, so. Right away, looking at the lineup, uh, I think you got you're starting to get starting to get a sense of uh, maybe how Pineda wants to set up. Um, I think it's uh, distinctly a four at the back, a four three three. It appears, right? Um, you know, I think I definitely noticed uh, Alonso getting the start, and you figure that's uh, going to be Sosa's position. But um, I think it's also smart to get Alonso the minutes now, so that uh, you know when we need him in the season, he'll be not starting from scratch, right? Uh, he'll be at least somewhat good to somewhat ready to go. Um, and um, yeah, I mean. I think a Gutman as well. I mean, you know, and we'll talk about the Bello news, but uh, obviously now a little more attention is going to be on him. Um, had a solid season last year for Red Bulls, so hopefully he can replicate that with the United. Um, yeah. I think he had a, he had an assist in this one, if I remember correctly. So uh, you know, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. So you know, promising. Of course, preseason. You know, you don't want to get too caught up in the um, the stats of it all. But I will say, I think that. Players seeing the ball go in the back of the net is uh, something that you can't uh, fake or replicate, right? And right. so Aruju, always good for the confidence. Always good for the confidence. And, uh, you know, something I've said before, Aruju getting a full offseason underneath his belt, I am excited for what he's going to do this season. Um, you know, I've gushed about him before on this podcast, and, you know, he seems to be uh, looking to hit the ground running. And so, uh, yeah, I think those are probably my main takeaways. And I did uh, peep that mint. It's definitely not white. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I'm excited, man. I, I, I really like, I don't know. I like the idea of this kit. Obviously, we have to see what the final design is. But Yeah, uh, indeed. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, there's a lot of possibilities with it, uh, what they're going to do. Is it going to be more like that Real Madrid uh, kind of third kit that they had? Uh, mm -hmm. Where it's mostly mints, and then some of the other accents are, you know, the, kind of the more uh, darker greens or whatever. But uh, right. yeah, it will be kind of fascinating because, yeah, uh, there was a uh, shot of Santiago Sosa that he posted on his IG story, uh, where he was with Marcelino Moreno, and Marcelino Moreno was wearing the hoodie. I uh, I'm hoping that they got the okay to post those pictures. I'm assuming they did. I just it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. every year, like one player uh, leaks, leaks it. something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Franco Escobar, we're looking at you. But uh, <laughs> in either case, yeah, I thought the uh, fullbacks uh, provided a lot of width. Uh, McFadden and Gutman, both of them were, I think, uh, yeah, varying their service, uh, finding that open space and. Uh, really battling and uh, you know making some strong tackles as well as interceptions as well as headers and so uh, yeah good uh, kind of two-way performance from the the fullbacks and then yeah Araruju looks like uh, maybe a guy that uh, you know wants to be the man you know on, mm -hmm. this, on this team and exactly. I think uh, you know he uh, is always available and he you know, was a guy that was always trying to make something happen in this match. Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of that uh, kind of, I think, lack of fitness that kind of uh, reared its head. Uh, kind sure. of about 10 minutes in a little bit uh, where, yeah, Revolution kind of grew into the match a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you know, LA United looked in full control. Nothing really, uh, you know, bothersome, especially that second half where, yeah, the first shot on goal was at the 90th minute. 
So, uh, yeah, definitely, or 91st minute, really. So it's uh, mm-hmm. definitely one of those where, yeah, you know, not a... Uh, not really a competition that's like uh, that's gonna test us too much, but it's just a good run out uh, for uh, you know the preseason. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, moving on from that into some transfer rumors, and the first one is Jurgen Dom, who uh, did mention uh, that he uh, has two more years and he intends to uh, honor that contract. And well, you know, of course he would because you know it's up fat ass contract so uh, <laughs> you know, why wouldn't he but uh yeah, yeah uh, Felipe Cardenas he said that a potential move for Jurgen Dom is imminent per LA United and so Mexico might be the most likely destination uh, Cardenas uh, pontificates so very interesting you know uh, you have a player saying one thing and then uh, mm-hmm. the front office saying another <laughs> lo and behold where have we heard that before <laughs> yep, uh, business as usual for this team. Um, no, but it's uh, so I, I, I do want to clear something up as well because there were people like basically coming on saying, "Oh, don't criticize Jurgen." Like, I don't think uh, anybody. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, at least for us, we're not necessarily criticizing Jurgen Dom for getting his money. Like, he sure. should absolutely do that. His agent, uh, yeah, should deserve like a <laughs> lot of that. A lot yeah. of what he's getting paid. Yeah, exactly. It's ten percent. I think would be in order. I know yeah, that's a half team. I think more than ten percent probably is like. Oh, okay, okay. You should be that agent's agent. But anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. I mean, like, it's just one of those things though, where you give this player this fat ass contract, and uh, of course, the player's not going to want to give that up, and another team probably doesn't want to pay that, and that's the price of doing business. Yeah. So you know, it's just like. It's just you can't. It's it's an expensive mistake that keeps coming back to haunt you. And um, you know, we'll see we'll see who's telling the truth in terms of uh, Jurgen Dom and his movements. Right. And so, uh, I mean, really, like I have nothing against Jurgen Dom the person. He seems like a really really good uh, person. But it's just, uh, yeah, he hasn't performed uh, in an LA United shirt. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's high wages. So at this point. You know, we got to cut our losses. And, uh, you know, if we had to have to eat a little bit of that contract, that's what we got to do. And, uh, you know, free up some of the uh, the uh, the salary cap for us to be able to maneuver and bring some, uh, some you know, players in that can really help us and uh, help us win. But, um, yeah, moving on from that, Ezekiel Barco. Well, uh, yeah, there was a lot of rumors uh, over this past week. And so Cesar Luis Merlo... He reported that, uh, yeah, basically there was uh, a move that, uh, you know, not only uh, like River Plate was wanting to come in for him uh, for a two-year loan, but uh, yeah, it pretty much that, uh, yeah, he went down there for a medical and while River Plate pretty much announced it, (laughs) like, uh, I mean, and that's... yeah, they didn't announce the numbers, but Merlo did say that it was uh, going to be $7 million for 50% of his rights. And so, uh, yeah, that the deal is done. It has been announced on one end, but uh, Darren Eels, during the broadcast for uh, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, Georgia Revolution match, uh, basically said that it's not fully complete yet, so maybe there's still some... Uh, 
some fees that they're still working out. But uh, yeah, this is the second one that, uh, you know, in terms of a player being announced by their club uh, that uh, either they're coming from or going to, and then oh, United have not uh, announced it yet. And so, uh, what, yeah, what, what do you think is going on? Oh, man. So, like, we've had the... We've seen this with Almeida, right? And we'll get to him in a second. But where they announced that uh, he's leaving. But, you know, that that's one thing. Like, he hasn't actually left yet, though. Marco, it appears, has, is in Argentina. He's, he's There's put on video the of him there. Yeah. He's <laughs> pictured with the, uh, you know, their front office, taking photos, signing the contract. He's in but, their like, shirt. <laughs> he's literally been announced. Like, yeah. I, there's, he's not coming bar, back. Like, Barco's not coming back. It would be ridiculous, yeah. silly at this point if he came back. So, yeah. we, we, he's out the door. Uh, I'm assuming, like, the only thing that, as you said, uh, with that transfer, uh, the only details I, ma I imagine is, you know, dotting the I's, crossing T's, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, now, linked with this transfer is Tiago Almeida, right? And... Uh, so, you know, recording this on Sunday, news of the day in the football world is uh, the Mason Greenwood thing. Um, perhaps you've heard of it. If you haven't, uh, I would just say trigger warning when you go to look it up. It's a yeah, really it's ugly situation. Very disheartening. Um, Beyond disheartening. The reason, exactly, yeah, man, exactly. The reason why I bring this up, though, in regards to Atlanta United and Almeida is because I think uh, there are serious questions as to what Manchester United knew in that case and how long did they know. And so we go back to uh, a week and a half ago, Darren Eel saying that uh, Atlanta United is doing all this due diligence with Almeida. We really need to know. I mean, I, you know, it's not even that. We we need to know that the club knows what, what's going on, like once and for all. And, uh, you know, like there hasn't been an update on the case, right? So it's still unclear at best. And it's just, it's, I cannot say this enough. It's just... I really don't think it's wise to uh, be trying to sign a player with a case hanging over his head and you don't know the details of it. Like, this could really like end up having a huge blowback on Atlanta United. And that's not like the main, that's obviously not the main thing. The main issue here is, you know, any potential victims mm -hmm. and, and you know, that end of it. But like, yep. I just, I just think we're playing with fire. And so I'm just... You know, with that news today, it's just I we really I just, we need clarity on this situation. Yeah, and definitely if uh, uh, speaking on that Greenwood situation, if anyone uh, does feel like they're in a uh, you know hopeless situation, definitely you know uh, there are people that uh, you know uh, are going through the same things, unfortunately, and uh, you know there are kind of organizations that you can reach out to uh, in order to uh, you know be heard and know that yeah. You know, uh, you can, uh, you know, stick up for yourself and, uh, you know, find some sort of way out of a really, really terrible situation for yourself. Um, and so definitely, uh, yeah, you know, thoughts go out to, uh, yeah, Greenwood's ex-girlfriend in that sense. And also, um, you know, any potential victims in any of these, uh, these cases here. But, um, yeah, back to, uh, you know, in terms of Barco and Almeida. Well, it's, you know, uh, one's clearly left the club because uh, there isn't space in the salary structure for uh, Barco and then Almeida coming in. Um, yeah, like this NFL due diligence that they've said, like, 
has there been uh, NFL do- NFL-level due diligence uh, in the past from LA United? I mean, uh, I'm hoping that they're more just like learning their lesson versus like uh, showing that they've had examples of this. Because what, like, we're looking at Gabriel Hainsey, where you know, was that <laughs> NFL-level due diligence? So yeah, you know, definitely something that uh, you know we need to, I think, uh, start to rectify and rectify you know immediately, really, in that sense. Uh, but moving on to another transfer rumor, uh, in that George Bello, oh man, this one's uh, a little mini saga not, in one I was day, say, really. Yeah, this is not this is not one transfer rumor. This yeah. is this is multiple, uh, multiple, multiple reports, and uh, all in the span of one day, really. It's like uh, it's, we got <laughs> a week's worth of update in one yeah, day, like in one it was freaking day. day. Yeah, yeah, basically, uh, I mean. Uh, I had some other things to do yesterday, but it was <laughs> it was a lot, a lot at once, and uh, you know that's that's what I uh, that's what I do for you guys, just so you know. <laughs> but uh, Not yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, but either way, so it starts with George Bello uh, with Fabrizio Romano saying that Circle Bruges. Uh, they have uh, come in for him for a, I believe, $3.75 million fee plus a sell-on clause uh, and that there was an agreement reached. But, uh, yeah, and that Bello wanted a chance to move to Europe immediately. But, uh, yeah, the talks were ongoing on personal terms. Uh, and he said, here we go soon, possibly. Well, au contraire, uh, yeah. the... Uh, <laughs> Basically, uh, a lot of uh, American journalists pretty much chimed in, in a sense, uh, and uh, that they said the Bell situation, far from done, uh, that the player wants a move to uh, Bundesliga side Armenia Bieleford, and, uh, and that was uh, reported by Grant Wall. And then, so, yeah, you know, in that sense, uh, you know, well, Bello, his contract ends on July 1st, and so, yeah, he could already sign a pre-contract uh, with another team. He could uh, just leave on a free. I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, like very much uh, Bello has the power here. And it's uh, kind of in that sense where, you know, the offer, though, from Bielefeld, or Bielefeld rather, sorry, uh, was only $600,000 with a low sell-on fee, and that was from Paul Tenorio. And so, uh, yeah, you know, definitely not as good of an offer, I would say, as uh, the 3.75. But, uh, yeah, uh, Felipe Cardenas also reported that uh, LA United had turned down multiple $4 million offers for George Bello, uh, you know, whether in this transfer window or maybe previous transfer windows. But either way, you know, that fee just keeps getting chipped down and it's not uh, not as attractive anymore well yeah you know when you're holding out uh and then a contract is running down well yeah you know it's uh it pretty much shows that well yeah you know bellow pretty much had the pick of like uh you know what he wanted to do and mm-hmm. uh you know in this sense romano and joe patrick uh they both confirmed that uh yeah Elena did agree to terms late Saturday night with mm. Armenia Bielefeld. And yeah, uh, basically that it would be a $2 million fee 
with uh, a 25% sell-on clause. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely a little bit better. I would say, yeah, definitely like four times around, uh, around four times better uh, right. than what initially was uh, was pitched. So, um, yeah. you know, I think if you're looking at straight up numbers, okay, sure, uh, a little low, but uh, definitely much better than what it was before. But mm-hmm. uh, also, Eels said that, uh, yeah, Bellow, that situation, you know, uh, it's not uh, quite done yet, but it's um, almost there. But they're okay. trying to do right by the player and by the club, right. of course. And, um, right. yeah, you know, all that being said, what do you think? I mean, you know, a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. That's exactly what I was going to say. And so, yeah. Um, and I, I want to be clear about this, too, because, again, this is going to cast Bocanegra in the spotlight. I don't think this is an easy situation, right? And so, uh, Bello, let, let, let's say, for example, uh, they turned down offers for Bello over the past year. I'm not sure if uh, selling Bello, you know, how we would have felt about it back then, uh, especially for three to four million dollars, you know, like on the cusp of uh, 2021 or even in the middle of 2021. I, I don't know, like that, that may have been a tough sell, I think, for the team. Um, and then what do you do then? Do you recall Gutman halfway through the loan, you know, when he's established and doing well? And so... I think uh, it seems like they did want to wait to this point. Um, but then t- buying teams there did what they're going to do, which is a low ball and lane United. And so I think uh, what it ends up being is a test of uh, Bocanegra's, you know, uh, ability to negotiate and a test of his uh, relationships, right? And so um, in dealing with other clubs and their executives, does he have that cachet? Um, you know, if he did, if they were able to get Bielefeld uh, up from 600k to uh, 2 million, 2 million plus uh, 25% sell on, uh, okay, that's that's actually not bad, <laughs> you know, like all things considered. Um, and and then, one has to think if uh, that circle Bruges uh, offer was maybe more to you know, kind of move up that offer from uh, Bielefeld because, yeah, there's also that where, um, you know, there's some aspects of it where Bello, if he, yeah, did go to this side, uh, you know, Bruges, where, um, yeah, you know, they're a young side, but they have also two other left backs on their team. Um, You know, they're like, I believe, seventh in the Belgian division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, you know, you have Bielefeld as a, you know, I think 14th in Bundesliga right now, where, right. you know, it's uh, maybe they're not as competitive in their league, but, you know, you play against bigger sides, you play against, uh, I think, much stronger competition on a regular basis. Right. So I think, uh, you know, there is that aspect of it that uh, is to be considered as well. But go on. And that's the thing, yeah, like, players have to be strategic. At the end of the day, it's their careers, right? Like, Atlanta United is not going to guide George Bellow's career from here on out. He's got to do that for himself. And so, um, and I certainly don't blame George Bellow for rejecting a move and holding out for a destination that he thinks is best for him. And, uh, you know, again, I think that's a test of, uh, of in that case, uh, Bocanegra's relationships with the player um, and the front office relationships with the player in general. Now, I do think that in the end, they did the right thing. Um, you know, which is, and I think that doing right by the by the player is key in this. Uh, <laughs> one of the funny things about uh, about all this Bello talk is that it invited the uh, USMNT's 
Twitter uh, onto at Blaine United, uh, you know, and you, uh, just the usual utter nonsense take. being spewed. The, the uh, usual, well, the usual yeah. utter nonsense that comes yes. from that sector of Twitter, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just funny that at the beginning of the year, right, these people were getting on the United's case for not letting Bello and Miles Robinson go with uh, Jason Kreese, right? Uh, with the U23s and how they're holding back his career and stunting their development and blah 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 and now one is going to Bundesliga and one is starting versus Canada in the World Cup qualifier like come on now exactly (laughs) that's happening now Uh, which by the way yes uh, that's that other bit of news that Miles Robinson uh, did make the starting 11 against Canada in a very crucial match that's being played today pretty much currently while we're uh recording this but uh, uh unfortunately <laughs> good guys are down one nil at the moment but yeah. oh shoot but uh, <laughs> either way it's uh it's one of those things where yeah okay so yeah um you know okay there is this aspect of okay uh is boca and the front office um you know doing right by the players on a general basis not so much all the time <laughs> but uh <laughs> right. i think you know when they're looking out for the best interest of the club I mean, I think it's in that sense of, like, it actually does make sense. It's like, uh, why did we hold Robinson and Bello back from the U23's camp? Because, yeah, we had our own camp going on, and we needed to, you know, uh, get going with a new coach. So it's something that, yeah, you know. In Champions League, which starts earlier than the season, as we know. Like, come on. Yeah, there was, like, yeah. Why would we have sacrificed our, uh, our preparation for... The preparation of the U.S. men's national team, who still have U23s and U23s, exactly. It's like, but uh, those who didn't see that thread uh, because he started blocking people and like basically, uh, you know, uh, pretty much backtracking on a lot of things that he was saying. But uh, uh, one of those things was that he thought that Carlton was a better player than Barco and Yamil Assad, and that Chris Gosselin should have. Uh, uh, had more playing time, and that's, uh, yeah, numerous other non-salient arguments that uh, pretty much nullified anything he was talking about because it showed that, yeah, he doesn't actually pay... He, it's basically just a lot of hatred being spewed at Atlanta United, uh, you know, and there are other clubs that also do this as well, uh, and it's not just the U.S. men's national team. Uh, yeah, the, the sense of... Um, of nationalism here, I think, is something that uh, you know we won't maybe get into too hard, but it is something that's like, um, yeah, you just got to think about it from the club side. Like the club, you know, they they need to like they're pr- protecting their assets here, versus yeah. you know like. But go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. I mean, I was I was just agreeing with you pretty much. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> it's just insane. And uh, so either way. Um, it's kind of just hilarious to that degree, mm-hmm. but to circle back all the way back to Bello and mm-hmm. him going to uh, Bielefeld, um, yeah, I think it's this, like him leaving for uh, this side for two million in this window. I think in a COVID depressed market, unfortunately, it's what makes the most sense. Like yeah. uh, you know, like I don't think. Uh, We've really flubbed it too hard, per se. If mm-hmm. we did, 
if we did, um, you know, reject offers for four million in this window, well, you know, that's uh, that's definitely that sucks. But um, yeah. at the end of the day, do we really need the money? Right. Not really. You know, right. like and the right. fees that come in don't really help us in that regard for uh, creating more cap space anyway. You know, so it's just like love the yeah. rules. Right. So the two million <laughs> yeah. for uh yeah, for Arthur Blank is really a drop in the bucket. So like I would say the six hundred K looks bad more than anything else, right? It's the optics of the matter because it and I think that like if I were another MLS team with young players coming through, I would be annoyed if another if a big MLS team oh, yeah took 600k for one of theirs right so um i think there's that aspect of it but uh yeah to everything every other point you made i think you're completely spot on because i think the big key here is doing right by the player like we've seen this with uh aaron long uh most recently Kellen acosta paul Ariola, players who are basically like hey uh they did not do right by me and unfortunately yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, like they're disgruntled openly, and unfortunately, it's a part of uh, U.S. soccer culture, both in MLS and NWSL. And so, I think that uh, I think it makes sense for Atlanta United to set a good precedent in that regard. And uh, and because you know, it's this like with Miggy, like it was a coup to get him here, right? Like he was easily one of the best players uh, to ever grace MLS. He was more than likely always going to go to Europe. Somebody like Bello going to Europe, I think, is more of a win. Um, more of a, I think, a good reflection of the club itself and, and, and its process. Because, I mean, like, it wasn't always smooth, right? There were definitely ups and downs, but the fact of the matter is, he's going to a Bundesliga club and he's going to have the chance to show what he can do at a pretty young age. Yeah. And at a good level where uh, that league has a history of developing American players. So, definitely uh, something great. Something not so great is that uh, Greg Brohalter, uh, according to Sam Stechgall, uh, and it has since been confirmed that uh, Brooks Lennon has been sent back to Atlanta uh, due to an ankle injury. And of course, uh, you know, you get flashbacks of Miles Robinson and his injury with, uh, uh, you know, Burhalter's camp. But uh, definitely one of those things where, yeah, a lot of people are pissed. A lot of fans are uh, in outrage at Burhalter. <laughs> Because uh, I think, yeah, it is. I mean, it's not only our players that get injured, but I mean, yeah, you know, this is the second <laughs> one. And uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I think there's also a reason why Atlanta United are going to withhold their players from <laughs> their camps sometimes. Because, yeah, okay. you know, like you send them back injured like too often. Well, yeah, you know, it uh, it starts to kind of, screw up roster construction especially right. in a league where there's such limited resources to so many things like yeah, yeah you're gonna be a little miffed and yeah you're gonna be a little bit you know uh handcuffed by the actual league structure itself so you know, yeah. I don't know if you have thoughts I, on that. uh yeah i will say in this case uh definitely i don't it's not obviously it's not quite the same as Miles. Like Brooklyn is not quite as important as Miles Robinson for one. Um, it, it seems like uh, I think uh, Doug Roberson or somebody who was there reported that he wasn't in a boot, wasn't on crutches. So that's a positive sign at least. Um, you know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully this is a precautionary matter where. Um, yeah, you know, like he just didn't look right or he felt a little something, and Bearhalter uh, did. Uh, uh, 
the, the precautionary move of just sending him back. And, you know, it's hopefully this doesn't pre disrupt the pre his preseason too much. He still has four weeks to recover. Um, you know, we have Ronald Hernandez there. Eddie McFan Mac McFadden seems to be showing his stuff. So, uh, yeah, ultimately, like, I'm not too worried about it yet. If this is something that keeps reoccurring, then, you know, then I might get upset. But mm -hmm. I think in this case, Bearhalter may have done the right thing, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, and, yeah, you know, I want some details on how this happened to begin with. I mean, sure. you know, sure, uh, it might just be like a roll of the ankle uh, yeah. that happens or all the time. Thing. Right, yeah, right. But, or if it was a strong tackle from a a teammate well then i'm gonna have some uh <laughs> some words uh but uh <laughs> yeah which teammate uh <laughs> <laughs> just want to come outside <laughs> exactly i just yeah i just want to just want to want to talk man <laughs> but uh but anyway uh so that is it for the news and pretty much the entire episode except for the question of the day and the question of the day is do you feel like we need to bring in a veteran backup striker? We still haven't done so. And uh, yeah, we have some Albatross contracts still on the wages. So uh, yeah, definitely let us know in the comments below what you think about that. And anything that we talked about in this episode, of course, as well. What you think of the first preseason match that you could watch? Definitely get us and add us in those comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Oh.